This is episode 10 of Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, we finish the unsurpassed Westminster Confession of Faith, the last chapter being 33. Chapter 31 of Synods and Councils. 1. For the better government and further edification of the church, there ought to be such assemblies as are commonly called synods or councils. And it belongeth to the overseers and other rulers of the particular churches, by virtue of their office and the power which Christ hath given them for edification and not for destruction, to appoint such assemblies and to convene together in them as often as they shall judge it expedient for the good of the church. Two, it belongeth to synods and councils ministerially to determine controversies of faith and cases of conscience, to set down rules and directions for the better ordering of the public worship of God and government of his church, to receive complaints in cases of maladministration and authoritatively to determine the same, which decrees and determinations, if consonant to the word of God, are to be received with reverence and submission, not only for their agreement with the word, but also for the power whereby they are made, as being an ordinance of God appointed thereunto in his word. Three, all synods or councils since the apostles' times whether general or particular, may err, and many have erred. Therefore, they are not to be made the rule of faith or practice, but to be used as a help in both. Four, synods and councils are to handle or conclude nothing but that which is ecclesiastical, and are not to intermeddle with civil affairs which concern the commonwealth unless by way of humble petition in cases extraordinary or by way of advice for satisfaction of conscience if they be thereunto required by the civil magistrate. Chapter 32 of the state of men after death and of the resurrection of the dead. 1. The bodies of men after death return to dust and see corruption. But their souls, which neither die nor sleep, having an immortal subsistence, immediately return to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness, are received into the highest heavens, where they behold the face of God in light and glory, waiting for the full redemption of their bodies. And the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torments and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day. Beside these two places, for souls separated from their bodies, the scripture acknowledgeth none. Two, at the last day, such as are found alive shall not die, but be changed. And all the dead shall be raised up with the selfsame bodies and none other although with different qualities, which shall be united again to their souls 
forever. Three, the bodies of the unjust shall, by the power of Christ, be raised to dishonor. The bodies of the just by his spirit unto honor and be made conformable to his own glorious body. Chapter 33 of The Last Judgment 1. God hath appointed a day wherein he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ, to whom all power and judgment is given of the Father. In which day not only the apostate angels shall be judged, but likewise all persons that have lived upon earth shall appear before the tribunal of Christ to give an account of their thoughts, words, and deeds, and to receive according to what they have done in the body, whether good or evil. 2. The end of God's appointing this day is for the manifestation of the glory of his mercy in the eternal salvation of the elect and of his justice in the damnation of the reprobate who are wicked and disobedient. For then shall the righteous go into everlasting life and receive that fullness of joy and refreshing which shall come from the presence of the Lord. But the wicked, who know not God, and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ, shall be cast into eternal torments and be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. 3. As Christ would have us to be certainly persuaded that there shall be a day of judgment, both to deter all men from sin and for the greater consolation of the godly in their adversity. So will he have that day unknown to men, that they may shake off all carnal security and be always watchful, because they know not at what hour the Lord will come and may be ever prepared to say, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. And to that, I will add, amen. This concludes episode 10 of Puritans Read. We read the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapters 31, 32, and the concluding chapter, 33. What is next? So many plums to pick. For season two, we'll read A Practical Treatise of Fear, by beloved English Puritan John F-L-A-V-E-L. How to pronounce that last name? Someone who purchased his works at the Banner of Truth store in Pennsylvania says the clerk pronounced it Flavel. PronounceKiwi.com gives various pronunciations like Flavel. A friend from the UK says she tends to pronounce it Flavel, but I will go with Sinclair Ferguson, who says Flavel. A Practical Theology of Fear, A Practical Treatise of Fear, by John Flavel, next season of Puritans Read. <laughs>